Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Shri Ayer. This episode is we are um, the in this episode we are going to throw some light on what were the different things that the PFI leadership was up to, what were their links, which uh, could be transcending countries. They were also having a lot of other nefarious associations and where the sources of funding came from, all this and more. And we would urge you to read one article that Savio has written in the Goa Chronicle. Uh, maybe Savio didn't write it, but it has appeared in the Goa Chronicle. So you can take a look at that. We'll put that as a link in our uh, description section. So let's welcome the guest of the evening, Savio Rodriguez of the BJP. Savio, Namaskar and welcome to P Guru's channel. Namaste. Thank you for having me on your show, Shri. Savio, this one is going to be basically the one that we are going to show share the bulk of the dossier in terms of what was planned, what was the ideology behind it, what they were thinking. You know, a professor's hand was cut just for setting a paper question about Muhammad. Then somebody else's hand and he was made to bleed to death just because he refused to put the cap. I think he put the skull cap on and then he put the vibhuti on the forehead of the guy who put the skull cap on him. So a lot of things, gory details were evidently videotaped and shared for the students. Take it away, sir. Well, Popular Front of India, which is popularly known as PFI, in simple words, is nothing but a wolf in cheap clothing. I have said it, not now. I have been saying this way back in 2012. Now, the dossier that the intelligence agencies had prepared, which led to the crackdown against PFI and also led to the subsequent banning for five years, it's important to understand what were the, cre the, the core elements that led to this crackdown and the banning. Let me tell you something about how they go about indoctrination. In their oath of allegiance, PFI cadres swear to sacrifice themselves for the creation of Allah's rule, that is the Sharia rule, and for the interest of the organization. The oath is administered only when the cadre was judged suitably radicalized for the outfit. These are from their own documents. PFI recruits were radicalized by display of selective video clippings on emotive issues like the Babri Masjid demolition, the communal rights in Gujarat and other parts of the country, aimed at instilling a sense of Muslim persecution and distrust against the state as well as other communities. Furthermore, adept cadres were selected for advanced modules like, hear this, this is very important. They were advanced modules like riot courses, weapon handling, and to form part of hit squads or service teams maintained by the organization. During the interrogation by the ED on December 2020, Rauf Sharif, former General Secretary of CFI, had revealed that PFI runs a secret relief wing, which actually plans and executes revenge attacks on selected RSS leaders. 
PFI has been running a physical education department to train selected cadres who provide security to its leaders and some of them also are included in the hit squad identified cadres are motivated to undergo further training ranging from defense techniques counter attacks use of swords knives and crude bombs etc in the violent history of pfi shri not many people are aware over the last 10 years 1400 criminal cases have been filed against the cadres of the pfi and its affiliates across the country cases which include the uapa the explosive substance act the arms act and other sections of ipc pfi covertly organizes training exercises military like drills wherein participants are trained to use criminal force and violence against certain religious groups which are perceived as enemy of islam since inception resistance against hindu organization and leaders remained the main plank of the agenda of the pfi the outfit has a secretive hit squad that engaged in targeting killing hindu activists and those alleged involved in blasphemy against islam this is just in a nutshell what they are they've always claimed to be a social organization shri but beyond the frontal aspect of a social organization they are absolutely diabolic diabolic to the core pfi is often claimed to be a social organization on the contrary the ground actions of pfi tell a different story in on july 6 this year murder of pravin netru in belarus town once again exposed the violent character of pfi pravin a member of bharatiya janata yuva morcha and a local businessman was hacked to death in typical isis style by bike bone assailants most of the accused in the pravin case were pfi and there are cases of the cases where these hit squads service teams work in assassinating when i mean assassinating i mean literally murdering leaders linked to hindu organizations or the bjp now the more we talk about it the more you will realize that pfi's biggest source and pfi's modus operandi is nothing less than the muslim brotherhood or the isis or the hamas or the or the uh, mujahideen the bangladeshi one which they are connected to or al qaeda itself in fact pfi if you look at their their connections last in 2020 the leaders the senior leaders of the pfi met up with an organization called ihh ihh is a turkey based organization it's a terror sympathizing organization terror sympathizing who's raised funds for the hamas a terror outfit in syria for the isis for the al qaeda those are the kind of people pfi has been connected to this is not what i am saying this is what the dossier is saying if you look at their funding they've got funding from uae they've got funding from saudi arabia they've got funding from bahrain oman kuwait mauritius maldives turkey 
and most of the cash which was found during the investigations by the ed was unaccounted for cash found where at their main headquarters in the national capital shaheen bag and what was shaheen bag most popular for in the recent times if not the protest against caa where following which you had the delhi riots where again the pfi was involved we had lost an iv officer due to a brutal killing by people connected to the pfi now what are we staring at and why was it necessary for the government to crack down on pfi and the operation octopus the operation octopus was not something that came about in the last couple of months it's something that has been under watch way back in 2010 the pfi's frontal face of a social organization is a deceptive camouflage to hide their in, their intent their intent is to create an islamic caliphate in india that is their intent a document was found on one of the pfi members that was that were arrested that document spoke about how they have planned to make india an islamic nation by 2047 so so the sympathy that is coming out by some people for the pfi they need to understand that you're looking not at a sheep you're looking at at actually a wolf in 2021 in kerala explosive jihadi literatures were recovered from padam forest area in kolap which was a military training site of pfi a military training site shri in fact their army was getting uh, you know they were planning their army way back in 2010 i started investigating these guys and you know what what i mean when we started investigating these guys when we first got the photograph of their army and we are not been after pfi just now we've been at it for 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 almost 12 years 8 years we intensified because their activities started to get more violent so what what did they find you had a guy called ansar badrudin was a national coordinator for physical ed- uh, education who was carrying explosives with detonators this was in the june 2021 on march 13th this year you had rashid ahmed the physical education master in maharashtra also arrested again when he was caught you figure out that he's got explosives with him arms with him and another training site they are not training out of india like they used to do before they are training in india in certain sites in a military style of fashion they were preparing for a war they were preparing for a jihad that so is true. where the problem really arises and people are still saying it's a social organization it's not maybe even some people who have joined the pfi donated to the pfi do not know the real intent of the money that they have donated to because what you saw was them trying to do activities that were social in nature but underneath that social camouflage was the real 
terror intent. Their whole intent was is to brainwash, and they would brainwash through madrasas. They would brainwash through their programs. They would brainwash to creating a fear psychosis in the Muslim that they are third class citizens in in India because it's a Hindu majority government. That is PFI, Popular Front of India, is a parasite front of India. Not popular. It's a parasite. It feeds <clears throat> on various different aspects of fear in society. It was aimed at crippling the secular fabric of India. It was aimed at destroying the very people they claim to protect, which is the Muslims. That is why when the government took the decision, most of the Muslims organizations are supporting the government decision. Okay, now let's so, look at the dossier that says there's been number of instances of international linkages of PFI with global terrorist groups. Some of the activists, particularly from Kerala, joined the ISIS, had participated in terror activities in Syria, Iran and Afghanistan, which was the outcome of continuous radicalization of its cadres. Further, PFI had linkages with Jamaatul Mujahideen Bangladesh, which is very evident from the recent cases. Some of these PFI elements had been arrested by NIA state police and were investigated under UAPA. They actually draw their inspiration from the Muslim Brotherhood. And the Muslim Brotherhood is no saint. They're all connected. They're all connected with one intent that we have to have Islamic Caliphate all over the world. And that is exactly what PFI's agenda was. Operation Octopus was in dismantling the tentacles of the PFI terror network. That is what in a nutshell was Operation Octopus. It had taken time, people were questioning the government but in order to bring down a network such as this and highly penetrated, heavily funded, it has to be done meticulously, it has to be done clinically. And that's exactly what has happened and it's not the end. There's a lot more to come. Now you have PFI, like I said, having an, a connection with Turkey. They visited Turkey. Erdogan, as you know, is the, is the man who wants to be the next caliphate. He wants to be the Islamic Caliph. There have been connections with them in, in UK. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. It's not a charitable organization at all. Let me, let me give you some, some other international funding footprints. While investigating the foreign funding trail of PFI, the ED found that PFI had formed district executive committees. They've actually created committees in, in the Middle Eastern countries that deal with the money for them. District executive committees in the Middle Eastern countries. United Arab Emirates had one committee. Oman had one. Qatar had one. Kuwait had one. Bahrain had one. Saudi Arabia had one. Turkey, they didn't have a district committee, but there was a lot of funding coming in. Okay? The fundings were generally collected in cash from these guys abroad and were remitted to India through Hawala channels or camouflaged as remittance by sending it to accounts of India-based relatives and friends of PFI members. 
that is that is money laundering bringing money in into india for their activities go ahead sri yeah sorry sabhi I, i wanted you to take a break you've been talking non stop for 15 minutes and maybe if you want to take a sip of water while i compose my question for you this is a very simple go question um, the simple question is what is the average percentage of zakat i'm hearing different numbers 2% 10% i mean what is the average muslim being forced to cough up well i really don't know because it varies because uh, if you go by the tight rule uh, it's 10% but zakat also in some cases have 2 and 5% as well depending on you know how they want to uh, uh, collect the donation money but uh, the point is they were getting a lot of this money like any organization any social organization and there was a lot of international money coming in now whether they were deliberately sent by these people or not that is a matter of investigation still going on but what is certainly happened is that there has been a lot of money coming in through the cash route so the cash route would come to them in in a, in a middle eastern country they would transmit that money to a person in india who's a relative or a sympathizer to a way of remittance thereby saying that's money from somebody coming abroad you understand so small small amounts they would never do large amounts so they that didn't come under tra- in, into uh, into the eye of the authorities so quick because the amounts were not large the amounts were always below a particular radar sometimes vaguely they would have gone over the radar that would catch somebody's eyes yes indeed the magic two issues one is the hijab you look at the ca uh-huh. issue you look at the hijab issue all were funded by pfi so so a couple of interesting things there savior to add to what you said um, typically the uh, investigative unit i think there's a fico or something like that which monitors the transfer amounts between accounts in banks i think the magic number is 100000 1 lakh so as long as you did you know transfers below that it kind of escaped the radar so Correct. if somebody wanted to create a funding say 45 lakhs in bihar and the money was sitting in kerala right right few mosques few of those people will be identified everyone will get 90 90 90 each so the layering happens this way from the from the kerala account bunch of guys will send 90 95 98 all sorts of stuff on the other side and then it gets aggregated back and right. i have heard stories that if one guy tried to swallow it he paid for it with his hand or leg or sometimes even with his life but that's the kind Absolutely. of fear yeah so i yeah, just want to give people yeah many are doing it out of fear more than anything else so please go ahead so what happened in bihar in july 11th in a house in patna there was a raid that took place and during the raids the police they, there were 26 accused that were were arrested and two top level national leaders of the pfi okay in that raid they found this booklet which is distributed to everybody in of of a particular rank india 2047 towards a rule of islam in india that was a booklet that was distributed that is the intent that was the intent i believe that we have to still be careful because the islamic radicals always take a different form we have crippled a larger section of the pfi 
in in 2000 you had a similar thing that happened with semi but they regrew again into pfi which is why in 2006 they slowly came about again and then by 2010 you started having a little bit of their activities coming out funny you should mention semi one of the founders of semi right now has taken up residence in the united states and guess one of the alphabet soup organizations director who he is this fellow is that and i have done a separate hangout on showing these kind of links viewers do follow p gurus we have really honed in on this one and we are telling you all the facts so if you see a lot of the organizations in the united states they are alphabet soups they'll all be four words or something around that they'll have two words guaranteed american and muslim and 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 it'll be council association this that and the the thing is all these things the gangotri of all this will always start from muslim brotherhood or the same group of uh, donors who are sitting in qatar mostly you know the middle eastern countries is where the fount of this this funding is and amazing that even the united states which believed to run the qatari police system looks the other way i i can't True. really understand this part sergio that america knows every policeman in qatar and yet they allow this sort of thing to happen you see uh, there are two ways to look at it see and i'm telling you because i've spent so many years investigating and researching on the terror networks around the world and in particular with interest towards india and, and the indian subcontinent uh, nations allow for for activities as long as it does not impact on their own nation right so i wouldn't say that the government in this case let's say saudi arabia for example that has been one of the largest donors to pfi activities over a period of time when an in, when when an indian or a person from outside their country goes to them for donation in the name of any religion for that matter in this case in the name Of of these thinking, because they have loads of that money, right? Can you repeat the last line, please? Can you repeat the last line, please? We lost you momentarily. So what I was saying is that when you go to an Islamic country, let's say you go to the UAE, and you go there as a Muslim brother, saying that you are running a charitable activity and your intent is to spread and uh, the good news of Islam, they tend to give it. Whether it's whether it's a hundred thousand dirhams or two hundred thousand dirhams or fifty thousand dirhams, because it really doesn't make much of a difference to the to the affluent Arab in most of the Middle Eastern countries, right? But in certain right. areas, like like say Turkey, for example, there is a definite intent when you know IHH and PFI meet, then you know that there is there is a connect because IHH is known. to be a terror sympathizing organization it is something that is also on the us radar right so <clears throat> when you talk when you work with hamas when you work with isis when you work with uh, al qaeda it is but naturally when they are working with pfi there are similar links and similar patterns i pfi was was the al qaeda of india in its operation on 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 the camouflage side on the external side it was more more like i don't know if you remember there used to be something known as a khidmat foundation yes right 
so the how kidmat foundation went around the world getting money to do its activities and then very gradually they started funding terror uh, sympathizing uh, units so pfi portray that front end as, as a kidmat foundation but below it they were actually working on a military military kind of of training or military kind of mindset too much of your propagating into into the people i remember way back in 2014 when i started investigating them in goa and i i attended a few of the meetings and and i and i penetrated some of the the bit uh they had come to me and said you know i made a statement they had come to me and said that you know we will file a defamation suit against you so i laughed because filing a defamation suit against me means asking for trouble you know because then i will open your can of worms you know long as i'm quiet i'm okay when you when you come to mess then i will mess you up in the worst possible manner so after that they remained very quiet but we continue to investigate them you see a lot of them in goa also were detained considerable amount of them they they blend into the political segments you know in goa some political parties uh, you know didn't give too much he paid heed to the terror aspect of it okay it's pfi it's a muslim organization they have so many voters they have so many vote banks let's support them that's the mistake many of them are doing in other states as well like in kerala karnataka and some parts of delhi there is a difference between somebody who has a hate towards a political party sweet but there is something drastically wrong if you are supporting somebody who hates the country and pfi does not love india pfi hates the idea of a hindu majority india that is why they had a booklet which is pri- primarily islamic india by 2047 this is just the start to the the crackdown on pfi there's a lot more that will happen in the days to come the next target will be the sdpi which is the political wing of pfi yes and um, you hit the nail on the head there are some unconfirmed reports that in the kerala cabinet some erstwhile pfi members have now become ministers i'm still gathering yes, information and once i have some definitive data i'll be happy to share it with you guys and this this is something like a mind blowing thing the penetration is deep deep penetration in in fact if you if you follow the the statements made by some of the pfi members before the first raid of operation octopus occurred some knew yes. what was going to happen some knew what was going to happen which means even the nia and and the other groups that they put together for this raid by and large it was good but i just want to say that india needs to be cautious watchful and make sure that the next rung of leadership doesn't become and just step up and replace the top rung what are your thoughts on that savio islamic radical radicalization is a reality in india okay the way one of the ways to curb it was a crackdown on pfi rising that is happening in no way does it mean any negativity towards the indian muslim because an indian muslim is completely different from a radicalized muslim in india that's the main difference right pfi was using the indian muslims to create a cover for its ulterior intent 
which was the radicalization, the Islamization of India, the conversion of India into an Islamic caliphate. Therefore, the Indian Muslims themselves need to open their eyes to realize that an organization like PFI or any of its organization is not working in the interest of the Muslim community itself. Will they be radicalized? The only way you can stop radicalization in a particular community, irrespective of religion, is when people in that own community stand up against the evils in that, in that community, the radicalization in that community that are detrimental to the future of their very children. Please look at countries like Iraq, Syria, uh, Lebanon. It is the same Muslim brotherhood, Egypt, Iran, which is why the women are fighting over there right now. It is the same Islamic radicalized mindset that has destroyed prosperous countries. These were not countries in the doldrums. There were times that these Islamic nations that were not predominantly Islamic, but turned Islamic and were completely destroyed. Well, as the Islamic nations that controlled the wealth, controlled the oil, and controlled the aspect of the Wahhabism, survived. They were not destroyed. A classic case is Lebanon. Lebanon was, was the Paris of the Middle Eastern world. What did Islamic radicalization do to Lebanon? It destroyed it. Iran. Iran and India has so many cultural closeness together, especially because of the Parsis and the Persian connect. Today, if you look at Islam, what was about 40, 50 years ago, and after the Khomeini's came in, these radicals came in. Iran completely transformed into an, a totalitarian state with an absolute debt to the rights of women. So Islamic radicalization does not benefit the Muslim at all. The Muslims in India must understand. Today, the people are talking about hijab in India, right? Which is what PFI was supporting, fight against the hijab. In Iran, women themselves are taking off and wanting to be free from the hijab. It, 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 while I believe it's the right of every woman to wear the hijab or not wear the hijab, in the end, your religion is telling you two different things. In one part of the religion, you have women who are standing up against what they consider to be atrocities of that religion. And in another place, you have, you have the, the Muslims who are going right into the atrocities. Because you don't see it as an atrocity. Islamic radicalization is a parasite. And Popular Front of India should not have been Popular Front. It's Parasite Front of India. Its aim was to destroy the secular fabric of India. And that is why they have to be cracked down. And every Islamic radicalized organization, every organization that's radicalized in any form, must be taken down. All right, let's take a few questions now. I think some were some questions were there. It was remiss of me not to mention the hashtag. Uh, ask Savio if you want to send in some questions. Uh, one or two questions I did see. Let's see if uh, uh, our editor can pull them out. 
while that is happening viewers please like share and subscribe to our channel about one in two of you are still not subscribing it will help our cause greatly because when you start watching any video on pgurus especially when it is live please go ahead and like that video that will help us greatly because the youtube algorithm engine i'm told then starts taking it to the higher next higher orbit and as more likes come in even higher and higher and higher and so on we are not asking you to give us any money we are just saying just like our video we know we do our you know we do our homework well like this one that savia has put together it has taken him days these dossiers are like you know pretty big pretty thick to get the saransh of that and to present it in a 30 minute uh, presentation is no easy task so first question is from jayanti ayer is pfi indigenous or is it an isi initiative it's both both because it started off as an indigenous activity after the simi was banned the former simi members itself formed the pfi and later on it got massive support from isi and as well as terror organizations around the world asha lata wants to know what about gold smuggling used in kerala for pfi funding i have no answer to that because um, I'm not sure about whether gold was involved, but I'll tell you one thing that definitely is used in the terror world, uh, terror and the drugs world. One is uh, the main uh, component of exchange, other than money, is uh, real estate, which was happening in the PFI case in in various places in Dubai and the Middle East, and uh, diamonds. Wow, Akshay Kumar wants to know how do you take out foreign hand who are against India using. international platform well i don't expect international platforms to support uh, the activities of what india is doing because if you see the kind of coverage that they are talking about as far as pfi is concerned and some of the muslim organization raising a un cry in, in the international uh, space i think we have to do what we can as a nation and 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 weed out the 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 parasites in our nation and and like i said islamic radicalization Uh, radicalism and any form of radicalism must be weeded out of the country and i think Oct- operation octopus was a very well planned op- operation uh and uh, we were we were fairly successful and we will continue to crack down on islamic radicalism and any form of radicalism akshay kumar wants to know how do you take down foreign hands like the qatar turkey isi agents using international platforms i just answer that i think yes. i think you right i think you can't you can't take them down you can only counter their uh, their uh, their their roles so what happened in the investigations of pfi ed and other investigative agency were able to track down the money trail in most cases even in the uh, even in the middle eastern countries so with the diplomacy that we've been showing over the years with the middle eastern countries cooperation on exchanges of of terror related data has been very easy you know initially there used to be reserved about it several years ago i think the relationships have further increased most middle eastern countries now with with the liberalized views that they are taking uh, and realizing that the oil is drying out they need to look at other forms of businesses and they want a lot of indian investments to come into the middle east i think there's been a lot of cooperation and that's how you crack down on terror you crack down on terror when countries across the world come together to ensure to understand that today terrorism might attack one country tomorrow they might attack your country 
is the whole purpose of terror is fear, nothing else. Um, just to answer the question, I, I want to add to that Akshay Kumar's question about what can be done. Akshay, ask yourself this question. In the last six to eight months, have you seen how many new organizations have come in the United States where they are putting together data of all these activities, shenanigans, and putting them out? P Gurus is just one channel. There are many other sites that have come up now. Everybody is honing in on a specific aspect. And right now, they are on the run. You saw what happened in TNEC. There's a, there's a video on channel two of P Gurus. If you want to know, just a six minute video, what happened in TNEC and from there, how things got twisted <laughs> out of shape and then how the Hindus fought back and see what is happening now. So anyway, I just wanted you to uh, understand that there is a lot of stuff happening now. Now let's take a look at the next question. Suparna Angar wants to know, I think that is correct. I don't know if it is Unger or something like that. Excuse me, Suparna. Why did it take the government so long to take action? Because when you want to break down a network, you have to ensure that all the tentacles of the network are in the right place at the right time where you want them in order to, in one swift action, crack it down. It's a classic uh, move that, that was been done in, in uh, administrative strategy, in war strategy over years where you keep everybody under watch and then in one sweep, you take everybody out. So they don't have time to retaliate. So that, that takes time. Because of course, you're going to have fallout of the law. You'll have them, they, we've got six months to continue to ensure that their ban on them is, 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 is justified. So there's a process. It's not like the old times before, where you could just get into a war and like the mafia style, take out everybody in one shot. No. It's uh, you have a process of the law which has to be followed, and we need to have all our uh, ducks in a row. And and also, I think they have um, they have guessed how the fallout would be, and they've managed that quite well. Touch wood. So far, things have Correct. been you know, bar the odd petrol bomb throwing incident in Tamil Nadu and a few arrests and hartals in Kerala, it has been more or less contained. So, which is Controlled. a good thing. Yeah, controlled. So let's hope that that kind of converges down to zero and that the process of law uh, of, uh, you know, putting up their charge sheets and then the, the cases and then the uh, judgments and so on. These things happen very quickly because this is something that you don't want to delay too long. There's a question from Narayanan Mahalingam. Will the PFI ban stand in the courts? The PFI network is spread all over India. How can this network be destroyed? Well, I believe it should stand in the court of law, which is why we took the time that was necessary to build the yes. case and to yes. collect the kind yes. of evidence. I don't think we were, the government would have acted otherwise if they were not sure of it. But then these are questions that can be answered only when you get closer to the, to the uh, court cases and the hearings. But I believe that we, as, as uh, the government, we have done a fantastic job and all, all uh, kudos to the intelligence unit and uh, the the Ministry of Home Affairs that orchestrated the uh, the Operation Octopus flawlessly. Uh, we just have to ensure that we don't uh, get uh, swayed by the operation and continue to crack down on Islamic radicalization in the country. And I think we'll do that. And, and, and Savio, I have been told by legal luminaries that in-camera proceedings are allowed in India, which means yes. some of these people 
they may not have any journalists or anything it will be just their lawyer and uh, the prosecution's lawyer and the judge and the sentences and uh, everything will happen in camera no outside yes. influence in fact you might not even know what is happening until the verdicts are in. so i'm, I'm yes. hoping that's what's going to happen because this is too sensitive an issue to put it out all there and let it all play out people have emotion emotionally charged i hope that happens let's wait and see next question from narayanan mahalingam what are the next steps the intelligence uh, group uh, agencies are doing on this issue why has the sdpi not been banned by the government well the sdpi is is a political party so the political parties aspect while coming out in the intelligence dossier is now a process of the election commission to work with so i think the next step of the government while they are dealing with with the organization and the whether other affiliates that have been banned the sdpi will be something that will be dealt with as well in accordance to the law of the country and and in in, in this case the electoral processes um last five questions that's all because i want to keep this thing xavier needs to go someplace and he did us a huge favor by coming in at 8 o'clock so thank you sabio no and let last five questions nagarajan srinivasan wants to know does the hidden indian hand in 2611 have links with the pfi the hidden indian hand in 2611 still remains elusive <laughs> those are very uh difficult questions for me to answer online i uh, i almost got threatened the last time i i ventured into this territory but i'll tell you what i know i don't know whether the hidden and elusive hand uh whether it's political or whether social is involved with pfi but what i do know is that pfi's intent is is directly linked to the intent of pakistan's isi as far as uh breaking india up now to most people within the intelligence community the sure shot way to break india is to break them on the religious parameters so you target the the larger minority in this case the muslim minority you've had a friction that has happened time and again and that's why you had a partition and uh, the muslims then went to pakistan and for pakistan became bangladesh and you know the that intent of breaking and capturing places broken by religion is what what isi does very well as far as india is concerned and that is why we have to crack down if you look at what happened in kashmir way back in 1990 and the silence of the indian uh, people at that point of time it's only now that we started opening our mouth when this government did the abrogation of article 370 right before that everybody was silent so don't underestimate the islamic radicals is what i always tell everybody you don't know their intent you don't know the madness that is brought to their intent the reason the church in kerala got so scared because they suddenly realized that 4000 girls christian girls were under the the effects of love jihad over there this is a well oiled trained machine that is that keeps coming over and over again it's the same template all over the world look at the, around the world you're seeing the same template in every european country as well so don't be shocked india's not unique alone to them the only uniqueness that is there about india is the fact that we we are people of sanatan dharma beliefs and it's very difficult to beat the hindus in india 
at their game. Especially with a government that is a resurgent government that everybody thinks is a Hindu majority government. Therefore, they play the wolf in sheep clothing in India. They're always crying wolf, no? I, I have, anyway, she, I have to leave. I've I have fine. Thank you so much. Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, no, no, we'll wind that's up. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, okay. It's the home minister calling. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, last question. Sure. Just one question. Sure. When, when I put the hashtag out, it threw up a lot of questions. Last question. One more question. Rajesh Dugal wants to know, when will the case history of Turkey be shared with the comparison of pre-2014 secular Turkey and the turn of events after Islamic takeover? Maybe we should talk about this the next time because I I yes. done some interesting investigations into Turkey. Wonderful. And I mean, he's uh, they, you know Turkey was at one point of time uh, this wonderful destination that combined uh, the the old world with the new world. Now it's gone into the underworld basically underground. That's what Turkey has become. Because of Erdogan and his immense uh, craze for the Islamic Caliphate. He suddenly thinks he's an Ottoman in a globalized world. That's the problem with the leader Erdogan. Thank you so much, Sadio. But you do that was a wonderful point. My, my yes, yes. Let's, God bless yeah. you. Whenever you're ready, let's, uh, let's do that one. Thank you so much, Sadio. As all sure. the viewers, we are completely based on data. Every one of the things that we talk about in our shows has data backed up to it. And we don't have any uh, hatred towards anyone, no malice, no misintent, nothing. And, and we've always been very upfront about this. So please consider sharing our links with your friends and family, especially those who would be putting up some passionate arguments. Say, this is the data. This is what the data is telling us. You decide what you want to do. Thank you so much, Sergio, once again. And yes, have a great weekend. Course. What's left of it? Namaskar.